What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a jam-packed good show for you today. I'm going to touch on the women's national soccer team and the disgrace that uh, they have become as far as their celebrations and their behavior is concerned. I'll definitely recap NBA free agency, including Kawhi Leonard is a Los Angeles Clipper, and so is Paul George as, as well. I'll touch on that. I'll touch on the joke. I think that the uh, Golden State Warriors are in retiring Kevin Durant's jersey number. I'll touch on that. And we are heading down the stretch of the first half of the 2019 MLB season. And the All-Star game is this upcoming Tuesday, is this upcoming Tuesday uh, July the 9th. Yeah, July the 9th. And I'll touch on the snubs that should have been represented in the uh, in the All Star game, and I'll touch on that to close out the program. But first up is this U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. First of all, congratulations to them. They beat the Netherlands two to nothing in the 2019 World Cup final. But if you ask me to break down the game, I'm not doing that. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll preface my comments by saying that what I'm about to say is what I think and what I think only. This does not represent the thoughts or views of, of Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google, Google, Google Podcasts, or, or, or my friends and family. This is solely me, Jai Isaac Shields, talking right here. And I'm going to look at this from a sports perspective. I know those of you out there like to kill them because of the feud that they have with Trump. And This is a sports show. So I'm going to look at it from a sports perspective and leave the politics out of it. And from a sports perspective, I could not root for this team under any, any circumstances. I, I couldn't root for them. I couldn't root for him because, ladies and gentlemen, contrary to uh, contrary to what everybody else thinks and believes, this team is 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 not a likable team. They're not embraceable. This is a team that acted like a bunch of jerks, a bunch of jerks when they blew Thailand out the water in the first round, beating them. What was it, 13 or nothing in a, in a soccer game? Blew them out the water in the first game. 13 to nothing. Blew them out the water. 13 to nothing. And celebrated and acted like as if they had won the Super Bowl. I can't root for a team like that. I'm sorry. That that's annoying. And for all you people out there saying, well, you know, have fun. You will have fun. Who cares? Or who cares? It's no big deal. Okay. Let's say that you have an eight year old daughter. And they pl- and they're playing on a they're a good team they and they play in a soccer tournament. A field of, what, 16 teams or whatever. And they play in a soccer tournament. At your, at your, little, your, little, uh, your little neighborhood uh, peewee, so- peewee soccer soccer league. And let's say that that daughter plays against the champion from last year in the opening round. Worst seed against the best seed, you know. Six, 16 seed against one seed, you know, eight seed against number one. Like that. And let's say that they absolutely get that high plus kicked in and lose maybe not 13 or nothing. But let's say 8 to nothing. And a soccer game. And a soccer game. And and I told you I have no problem with them scoring. Hey, score as many points as you want to. I had a problem with, with the exuberant and the annoying and the childish celebrations. 
That's what I had a problem with. I had a problem with Megan Rippin or whatever her name is running doing doing uh twirls all doing twirls fifty yards down the field and doing twirls slide sliding like 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 she's Ken Griffey Jr. sliding to second base and then kicking her leg up like she's Odell Beckham Jr. taking a piss at on a fire hydrant. That's what I have a problem with. When you when you're kicking a team who should have even been in the tournament, thirteen to nothing, that I have a problem with. And if you were, and if let's say if you if those women out there, if let's say if they had niece, nephew, or a kid of their own, and they were getting kicked in like that, no less on television and on no less in front of television or in front of millions of people and thousands watching in the stands, I would feel a certain way. And and I'd be at, and I'd be pissed off and ready to fight somebody. That's a that's a disgrace. Going out there and and and, and celebrating, and acting acting like you acting like this is your first your first rodeo go around. And I told you this a few weeks ago, and I said it to you again: the old Chuck No line, Hall of Fame, Super Bowl winning head coach. Act like you have been there before. Now don't get me wrong. I have no problem with the. I have no problem with the bat flip. I have no problem with a touchdown dance. I have, I you know I don't have no if you know if they score a goal they they run they they slide they pump their fists. All right, fine. I don't have a problem with that, but when it's excessive to the point where it's annoying and childish. And it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it makes people on the outside look at you and say, really now? This is what you're going to sit up here and do? And it's not just me that thinks this. You look at international sports media outside of the United States destroyed the national team. Destroyed them for their behavior. Destroyed them, and rightfully so. Okay, uh, you didn't see uh, where, where the Patriots were kicking were kicking the charges rear end in back in January. You didn't see Tom Brady and, and and Julian Edelman running running fifty yards up the field, pounding their chest, taking one of the muskets away from from a Patriot minute man that they have sitting in the end zone, and shoot and shoot off a rifle, take their shirts off, and start banging their chest. You didn't see that. You didn't see that. But yet with this, but yet with the women's national team, they cried double standard. And, I, and I'm going to read you a quote. I'm going to read you a quote from Alex Morgan who was criticized early in the week because she scored a goal against England on the 30th birthday and trolled England with the teacup celebration. With the tea in the air, sipping the tea and all that nonsense. This is what she said. Quote, I feel there is some sort of double standard for females in sports. To feel like we have to be humble in our successes and, t and have to celebrate, but not too much or in limited fashion. You see men celebrating all over the world in big tournaments, grabbing, grabbing their sacks, grabbing their, you know, their nuts, their balls, whatever you want to call them, or whatever it is. And when I look at sipping a cup of tea, I'm taken, I'm a little taken aback by the criticism. Now hold on, now hold on. Double standard. Again, Alex, get the wax out of your ears. Wake up and pay attention. Okay, instead of you and your team mouthing off about Trump and, and a bunch of bullcrap who doesn't even care, farting around, stooping that low to get into that kind of crap, how about you wake up, go 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 on a computer and do a little work? Because I'm about to give you five examples right here of athletes just within these past, just within this past five years that have been criticized for for going crazy and losing their minds with celebrations. The 2015 Carolina Panthers. That team 
was as much as heavily criticized as they were loved. With the celebrations, with Cam Newton dabbing and, and, and opposing and the taking of pictures. Oh, that team got destroyed in 2015 during their Super Bowl season. Destroyed! I can even go as far back in, in, as the 80s with the, with the Miami Hurricanes team. They got destroyed left and right with the celebrations, with the dancing. They, 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 go watch the 30 for 30s on that stuff. Jose Bautista. 2015, same year, same difference. Texas Ch Chetis chokes a huge lead away in the ALDS. The shortstop stakes infield scan field the ground ball. Jose Bautista hits hits a ball from from basically the Niagara Falls. The ball's still going. Chucks the bat nine miles, and everybody and, and, and the old forts and the old fogies are criticizing and having a problem with it. Only for them to turn around the next year, next April, May, whatever it was, Bautista gets thrown at thrown at, and then he gets sucker punched by Rugnet Odor. And oh, by the way, in this year of the Major League Baseball season, Chris Archer, who is notorious, notorious for dancing off the mound, moonwalking, doing backflips, whatever you want to call it, Gets upset and annoyed at Reds player Derek Dietrich for hitting a home run, staring at it, watching it go into the Allegheny River. And he gets thrown at, and we have a major fracas between them and Puig and everything else. On top of the fact, a few weeks later, Tim Anderson, who's done nothing, nothing in Major League Baseball, it's a home run in the what in the early innings of a of a game in the middle of April against the Royals. Chucks his bat to Soldier Field and gets thrown at and criticized for the bat flip. But yet there's a double standard. He and Cam Newton and Steph Curry too. I get on Steph Curry or oh, to the cows come home. Steph Curry too gets criticized and gets ridiculed. Night and day, day after day after day after day. With the mouthpiece dangling out the mouth, with the little dancing, with the shimmying, with making the signs with the fingers, and everything else. Gets criticized left and right with the celebrations and the cockiness that bleeds out of Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. That bleeds out of them. One of the reasons why they're so hated. Not just because they win, but it's because of the attitude of how they win. It's annoying. With the mouthpiece dangling out the mouth and the shimmy and all, my God, that stuff's annoying. Can't even with the dabbing, it's annoying. Old farts and the pitchers that get themselves, they get their feelings hurt when, 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 when hitters hit a, hit a ball 500 feet and stare back and look at it and flip the bat 20 times, that annoys them. So the idea that there's a double standard because a difference of gender says it's absurd. Nobody wants to hear this. Then, then the second part part of a quote. Men celebrating grab, grabbing their sex or whatever it is. Oh, hold on now. Baker Mayfield grabbed his nuts in the Cotton Bowl a few years ago and got destroyed all over the national media. Destroyed! Colin Coward, uh, Colin Coward, Shannon Sharp, and everybody else was destroyed. Destroyed by him. But yet, there's a double standard. How about Alex Morgan, Megan Rapinoe, and everybody else? Instead of farting around, worrying about Trump and the White House 
and national anthems and all that other nonsense. How about they wake up and do the work that no double standard exists. Doesn't matter if you're white, black, man, women, whatever. You celebrate, you get criticism. Doesn't matter what gender you are. I mean, Terrell Owens and, and Ocho Cinco made a living out of getting destroyed for their celebrations. Made a living out of it. They, they, they could tell you the fines that they had, the, the fines that they had to, uh, that they, that they had to serve or had to pay. They could tell you the fines. They could tell you made a living out of getting destroyed on social media. A living out of it. But yet, somehow there's a double standard. And I and I tell you and I tell you one other thing. And we'll move on to something else. Other than me, Mike Vercaro in the New York Post, good job by him. He he even went back as far back as the '92 Dream Team with Charles Barkley, of how Alex Morgan is wrong. Good job by him calling him out, calling him out on this nonsense. Alex Morgan needs to wake up. Matter of fact, the entire team does. Congratulations to them, but still, okay, this isn't about men and women here. If you play sports on a professional or collegiate level and, and, it's out, and it's out there in the mainstream media and you celebrate in a way that people deem annoying and offensive, you get killed. Doesn't matter what race or what gender you are. If they did a little work and picked up the phone, they'd realize that instead of floating around getting into stupid feuds with Donald Trump. 17 minutes in, we'll continue. I'm Teleki TIS. Welcome back to Teleki TIS podcast. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention: Game of Thrones star Sophie Turner throws support behind Ox Morgan's tea celebration. Shut up, okay? Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Go go back to making that asinine, asinine TV show about about. Uh, about the Game of Thrones, that dope, that dopey show. Go back to making show. Uh, go back to making a, a trashy that show. From I again, I wouldn't watch that show if they put it in my backyard. I draw the blinds. But from what I heard, that show series finale was a complete waste of time. That was. I mean, go back to making shows about Dungeons and Dragons and incest. Sophie, shut up. You, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Shut up. Uh. Switching gears now to the National Basketball Association offseason. Uh, last time we, when we chatted with Jake, pretty much Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving were taken, two out of the big three names were taken off the shelf in free agency when uh, we last talked last Sunday with our little pal Jake. Uh, but there was one star that was still a free agent and was a free agent all uh, this past week, and it was uh, Toronto Raptors. Excuse me, Toronto Raptors. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, who who uh, yesterday, uh, late Friday, early sa- uh, Saturday morning, uh, agreed with agreed with the Los Angeles Clippers for a four year. $142 million max contract. That's according to Adrian Wojnarowski of uh, ESPN. Uh, so that's the contract information with uh, with the with Kawhi. And they also traded to get uh, Paul George from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, so they have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George going up against uh, their tenant in the in the Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and I tell you right now, NBA basketball will be a must watch in Los Angeles. The the, the city of Los that that's if the city of LA can stop uh, having earthquakes every day. I mean, gee, Fourth I mean, back to back days. They they Fourth of July and July the fifth, back to back days. They had earthquakes of of a six or higher on the Richter scale. So, 
if if they stop having earthquakes every day, L.A. is going to draw a huge crowd for the Lakers and the Clippers this up this upcoming winter and heading into the spring when the teams get competitive and coming down the uh, the playoff chase. And I wouldn't be shocked if you saw those two teams play each other, sharing the same arena, which which would be weird how the how the NBA would handle it because if they because if they do end up playing each other in the Western Conference Finals. How's the how's the arena going to go? You're going to have half of it Clippers, half of it Lakers, you know, and and there really is no home court home court advantage when you share the same arena and you and you play in the same city. Home court advantage kind of goes out the window because because fans from both sides are going to flock to one arena to uh, to you know to see the series. So all that would mean all that would mean is that the outsiders outside of Los Angeles would have a pretty hard time getting hands on those tickets. Uh if if uh, the Lakers and the Clippers were to play each other in a Western Conference Finals uh next May, but we got plenty of time till we get down to that road uh to uh, to discuss and ponder over that. My thought about Kawhi Leonard being a Clipper is: Look, I told you that I I, I thought I told you I wasn't going to kill him either way. Nobody wanted to see him else unless you were a Laker fan again, unless you were Jake or LeBron James or anybody or Snoop Dogg. And no, nobody that doesn't bleed purple and yellow wanted Kawhi Leonard to go anywhere near the Los Angeles Lakers. Didn't didn't want him to go anywhere near the Lakers. Nowhere near the Lakers. It was, it was going it was going to put the league on its ear the same way it did when uh, when uh, Kevin Durant joined the Warriors a few years ago. It was going to turn the league on its ear. Nobody. I didn't want that. You know, Colin Coward wanted it just so he can give him something to talk about and on a, on a uh, on on a. Uh, Day, on a day in the middle of uh, August, where he doesn't want to talk about the Yankees, uh, you know he could, he could talk Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James to the cows come on, and and that and mixing uh, Baker trash talking Baker Mayfield, <laughs> but nobody wanted uh, wanted Kawhi Leonard as a, as a, as a Laker that that doesn't have ties to the Laker organization one way or another. Nobody wanted it. I wanted to see him stay in Toronto. I thought it was, thought it was going to be good for the league. Uh, it plus a feel-good story. You know, he got the, the situation at San Antonio, he comes and stays in Toronto. But he goes to the Clippers, which, I mean, it's, it's the next best thing. I mean, it's, it's the next... If I was a Raptors fan, I wouldn't. If I was a Raptors fan, I wouldn't be pissed. But I'd be annoyed at Kawhi if, if if he if he signed with the Lakers. I'd love to the end, of the, but I'd all but 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 the but the NBA fan in me would be annoyed at the fact that he goes jump ship with LeBron and AD. But the Raptor fan in me would, would love him for life. So him signing with the Clippers is the next best thing. He didn't want to go to Toronto. I can understand the reasons why. The Lakers are, or, or excuse me, the Clippers are much, are much, the the Clippers and the Raptors are the are the two best ran organizations out of all of this. Raptors coming fresh off a championship, coach coaches in order, GM you know uh, if he's not shoving police officers and Masai jury, that's a well that's a well run organization. So you had the Clippers and you had the uh, the Raptors. Team you play, team you played on last year to help you win a championship, and then you have the Clippers because it's Los Angeles, and they're also a well-run organization with Jerry West and everything else. And then you had the Lakers that had LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Then you had the downside of the other disaster and dumpster fire and chaos circus that is that front office concerning Jeannie Buss, who doesn't know anything, and. Rob Palenka and the aftermath of Magic Johnson and uh, Luke Walton and everything else. So and, and he 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 thought L.A. for whatever reason he thought the late signing with the late was going to be he didn't think the big three was going to work between him Anthony Davis and LeBron, and he didn't want any parts of that three ring circus out uh out and out with uh, the Lakers. He didn't want any part of that. Didn't want to play second fiddle LeBron. So what he did he basically. He basically took his position he wanted with Toronto, just just in his hometown of L.A., which is where he wanted to go to begin with, but he settled on Toronto. But 
listen, Toronto, they'll be a good basketball team next season. He with Paul George, who's okay, who's you know, he's, he's a nice player. He, he's not, he's not, he's nothing great. But I tell you, Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers will do some good things. And, and he challenged himself going to the Western Conference, so it's kind of like putting his Toronto situation just in a different city and in a, and in a different conference. But he challenged himself a little bit. Got him credit on that. He left the he left the he left the easiest conference in basketball in the Eastern Conference wide open, and anyone can win the Eastern Conference. He went to a more competitive uh, Western Conference. Who Golden State? You know, there's there Golden State is nowhere close going to be the team that they have been in the past with no Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant having left the team. It's just it's going to be uh it's going to be just it's going to be Steph Curry sitting there. But it's gonna be it's gonna be Steph Curry sitting there trying to uh, trying to ham and egg the Warriors to winning uh at fifty three games, but you know they they're still a pl- they now nah, I won't even go as far as calling them a playoff team, but the, but the, look at it this way they're they're no tank job the Warriors are aren't uh the Raptors who no, excuse me not the Raptors the Trailblazers who re-signed uh Damian Lillard Lillard earlier in the week. That team is going to be good. Damian Lillard, he and Kawhi Leonard. I t- now Kawhi Damian Lillard is not the top five best player in the sport right now. But boy, is he a heck of a basketball player who doesn't give you a lot of who doesn't give you a lot of problems either. Quiet doesn't prefer all that showy stuff. Doesn't wanna isn't the type of person that joins up with his buddies and say, Hey, me me, you, you and you, we can go team up in LA or team up in New York or team up in uh Los Angeles to go play basketball. I like him. He doesn't do that. He he's like if I go down, I'm going down by myself. And and if I had it and I have to take carry this team on my back in order for us to win a championship, so be it. But I'm not gonna sit up here and jump ship and be disloyal to Portland. You know, to go play with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, I'm not doing it. So kudos to uh, to uh, Damian Lillard, who got who re-signed with the uh, Portland Trailblazers early in the week, and that's going to be a good team. Another team's going to be a good team if they could get out of their own way is the Houston Rockets, and they have turmoil right now between Paul George, excuse me, Paul George, Chris Paul, and James Harden, and all that. So if the, if the Rockets could get out of their own way, they could also be a very good basketball team. But uh, and Golden State will, will and Golden State, who knows, might not even make the playoffs. So they're going to have to prove that they can get out of their own way and then prove if it when 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 the time comes, prove if they if they can beat the Lakers or the Clippers late 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 in the uh late in the Western Conference playoffs come May of two thousand and twenty. But but do you also got them to look to look at. So I mean with the, with the Clippers they should be a good they should be an okay basketball team. I would have liked to see them stay in Toronto myself. I told you that that, you know, I, I think he might end up in Toronto but but then but then again who knows these NBA players. And for Chris Carter, Chris Broussard, Connie Coward, and Jalen Rolls, a bunch of idiot, a bunch of moronic idiots that don't know their asses from their elbow to sit up here and, and, and tell you for weeks on end, Kawhi Leonard is this. I got sources telling me this. It's 9,900% Kawhi Leonard will be a Laker. 9,900% Kawhi Leonard will be a Toronto Raptor. And and Jalen Rose gave you the logistics of the contract and everything else. Only fit to blow up in the face and then he goes to the Clippers. I mean, can you can you be dumber and look like a bigger fool than Jalen Rose, Colin Coward, and Chris Carter and Chris Broussard? Chris Boussard, who, who told you on and on and on that Kawhi will be a Laker, that blew up in his face. Colin Coward, who 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 basically has has every you know has every apparently has every source of every eight players every NBA player's whereabouts told you Kawhi was going to be a Laker. And Jalen and Jalen Rose, who's busy farting around, bouncing around, get up on on uh, ESPN, sit up here and told and sit up here and told, gave you the logistics. Of Kawhi Leonard resigning with the Toronto Raptors. I mean, give me a break. I mean, unless you are Adrian and and the worst of all, Chris Carter, who everybody thought was uh, who everyone thought was was uh, was basically uh, 
who who basically thought he was the ESPN Adrian Wojnarowski or FS1's Adrian. Woj- I mean, how 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 dumb can you be? To to, I mean, it's not just him. I'm I'm getting on on the fans who sit up here and follow this Twitter and put on first things first with Nick Wright on FS1. You would trust who in their right mind would trust an ex NFL wide receiver to give you information on NBA off se- on the NBA offseason with the whereabouts of Kawhi Leonard? What source? He's he's a studio analyst. He's not a he's not a writer. He's not a reporter. He's not an insider. He's a studio analyst. He's a studio analyst. And and FS One in general. What is with FS One's obsession of of high, of of uh, of picking up ex of picking up uh, ex uh, athletes off the street and having them talk about a sport they know nothing about? I love Shannon Sharp, but I when it comes to basketball, I can't listen to Shannon Sharp talk basketball. Like I can't do it. NFL, he is great. NFL, he is phenomenal at talking the NFL. But give Shannon Sharp an NFL show, okay? He, I was like, unless it's not, he can't he can't talk baseball he can't talk, he can't can't talk basketball he can't talk golf no. Chris Carter the same thing, good 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 when he was on a Monday Night Countdown ESPN he was excellent, but he I mean really I gotta trust Chris Carter he I expect Chris Carter to know and I trust Chris Carter as a reliable source on Kawhi Leonard's whereabouts really. Really, guys, you gonna you gonna trust an ex NFL wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings to tell you about the whereabouts of Kawhi Leonard, and he get all mad and all pissed off when his when his quote unquote sources were were proved were proved uh, were proved uh, wrong as a pancake. And Jalen Rose telling me that's ninety nine percent this that Kawhi Leonard is a Raptor, and that blows up in his face when he's bouncing around. Get up with uh, Greenberg and Colin Coward, who 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 is such an LA homer. Is, is, is I mean, in a worse way. I mean, uh, Colin, uh, if you want to host LA sports talk, go 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 join uh, Fox's local uh, uh, sports talk station. Okay, you're a national show. I mean, with the obsession of L.A. and LeBron and, oh, my gosh, almighty, enough, enough, told you for a week that Kawhi Leonard was a Laker, and it turns out he's an L.A. Clipper. I'll touch on the NBA landscape after this free, this 2019 free agency period. And I'll touch on uh, the other just joke that it that the Golden State Warriors are retiring Kevin Durant's number right after this. Welcome back to Amateur Like Your TIS podcast. Uh, just to give you a, of a whole, put this not not up this uh, NBA free agency period in a nice little bow for you here. Uh, KD KD and Kyrie going to be a net. Clay Thompson is going to uh, he and Steph Curry are going to try to ham and egg the Warriors to make another Western Conference Finals out in the West. Clay Thompson resigns. Boogie Cousins is a Laker. I forgot to mention that in the last segment. He is an LA Laker now. Boy, talk about ring chasing. Goes goes to Golden State for a year. They don't win. <laughs> he tags team with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Uh, that that that'll be interesting. Demarcus Cousins, who's no walk at the, who's no uh, walk at, walk at the beach, you know, with uh, LeBron with the with the huge ego and LeBron James. That that will be that will be interesting. And and the young kid Kuzma sitting there at uh, point guard or shooting guard, I forget, but at the guard position. Now that will be interesting. You got KD and Kyrie's going to be a net. Uh, Kyrie. Kyrie will go by himself for the first year while Kevin Durant heals off of his Achilles tear that he suffered back back in June in the NBA Finals. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is a clipper along with uh, Paul George. 
and Russell Westbrook sitting there in OKC, words getting out about, I tell you, and for all you people that want to put Russell Westbrook in the Hall of Fame, you can have at it. How many examples do you need that Russell Westbrook is no championship player and is no good teammate? Harden, Harden got traded out of there. Kevin Durant left, and Paul George wanted up out of there to go tag team to go uh, to go to basically play second fiddle in a, in a city that has Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, and LeBron James in it. Wanted to play fifth fiddle to those. Wanted to play fourth and fifth fiddle to those guys rather than rather than being Russell Westbrook's wingman. What does that tell you about Russell Westbrook? I tell y'all time and time and time again, Russell Westbrook is no big. Is no you can have him. He he is a stat patter. He he is a stat patter and he is a compiler. You can have him. I don't care how many triple doubles he gets. I don't care how many of Wilt Chamberlain's records he breaks. Okay, once Russell Westbrook wins me wins himself a championship, then he can show me something. Heck, get to an NBA Finals, he can show me something. But when I see James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Paul George leave him, and at the same token. He didn't win a thing with him and isn't going to win a thing without him. The common denominator here is Russell Westbrook, and he is the problem. I don't care, and I know go, and I know Oklahoma City is trying hard, you know, to kiss his behind, you know, to kiss his ass so he doesn't leave. But, but let, but let's be honest here, Russell Westbrook. I don't care how many records he breaks. I don't care about the dopey triple doubles. I don't care about that. What I want is wins and losses in the postseason. That or wins in the postseason. What I care about is wins and losses. What I care about is you not getting basically tag teamed by Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum in a playoff series. That's what I care about. That's what I care about. You blow you and Kevin Durant blowing leads to Golden State up three one. That's what I care about. Okay, I care less about what he does against the Sacramento Kings on 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 a on a February night. I'm not interested. And 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 I tell you what, this 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 shows something. The the the, the proof is in the pudding, and the devil is in the details. This says something about Russell Westbrook: how he is no team, how he is no team player, he is no championship player, and all he is is a selfish stat hoarder who cares nothing about who cares nothing about his line and how well he looked that night. And if I have to get twenty five assists to make myself look good, then then I'll pass the ball ninety million times. And I don't care what the Russell Westbrook apologist, Christine Leahy, you 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 gorgeous woman. I'm talking to you now. Okay, I love you, but I got to be honest here. I'm talking to you, the, the, you and the other Westbrook, you and the people out in Oklahoma City, the West, the Westbrook apologists out there. You you got to face the pudding. You got to be fair. KD Harden. Paul George all have left Russell Westbrook, and the common denominator is. Westbrook won't win any, didn't win anything with him, and isn't going to win, and ha, isn't and hasn't won anything without him. And the common denominator, and the common denominator is, you got it, Russell Westbrook. That's all you need to know. Switching gears now to uh, Kevin Durant, who got his, who the Warriors announced earlier in the week. That they were going to retire his number thirty-five. Uh, that basically no Golden State Warrior player will wear the number thirty-five ever, ever again. I have an issue with that, and the issue I have with it is, listen, I understand Kevin Durant is an all-time great. I understand that he's an all-time talent. I understand that the Achilles and he tore his Achilles and he came out to help the Warriors come back down for three one. Tried, you know, did Superman and tried to tried to light a spark underneath the team to try to get them to come back so they can three peat. Excuse me, but Kevin Durant should not have his number retired. And and, honestly, and don't give me this crap 
about the stats and the championships, Kevin Ken Durant was a Golden State Warrior for three years. Okay? Three years. Three. Not five. Not eight. Not ten. Not fifteen. Not twenty. Five years. He was, excuse me, three years he was a Golden State Warrior. Three. And I don't care. And if he did, I don't care that he that he led him to a three-peat. Honestly. He, part of having a jersey number retired is that is the part of the part of having your jersey number retired it's not just about the greatness of what you did on the floor it's the connection to the city and the long time connection with the team okay with the Orioles Frank Robinson played most of his career as a Baltimore Oriole Cal Ripken his whole career Jim Palmer his whole career Earl Weaver only managed one team but but the Baltimore Orioles Eddie Murray spent most of, spent mo, spent a good uh, spent a good chunk of his career with the Orioles back in the late seventies, early eighties, and came back and came back in ninety six in his five hundredth and hit his five hundredth home run with him. Okay, Kareem spent a good spent a good amount of time as an L.A. Laker. Part of having a number retired is part of having a number retired is not just greatness but it's longevity with the same team. It's almost as this it's almost like a thank you of hey, thanks for being with us, thanks for sticking with us and being a member of our organization for so long. We are we're gonna honor that and we are so grateful for that. We retire your number. Kevin Durant left the Golden State left the Golden State Warriors because he wasn't too fond of Steve Kerr and Draymond Green or whatever it was, and jumped ship to go to play with the Brooklyn Nets. And when he was only there three years, not thirteen, he was there for three. Okay, and and wasn't even about being loyal to late to the uh, uh, the uh, Warrior organization. He 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 went there in the first place because he knew it was the easiest chance. He was the easiest uh, the he that the Warriors were his easiest ticket, uh, were his easiest cheapest ticket to go to go, to win an NBA championship. This this wasn't about loyalty to the Warriors. It wasn't about the Warrior organization. He didn't sign with the Warriors because of how great it was. He signed with the he signed with the Warriors because he wanted a championship. He was ring chasing, and the Warriors gave him the best opportunity out of all the NBA teams for him to get to for him to get one. So all this and all this talk and all this nonsense about well you know he's an he's a Warrior this a Warrior is a bunch of garbage. Okay, he was there three years, guys, not 13. He was there for three. And one, he was there for three. Now, I'm not taking anything away from him, don't get me wrong. I mean, Kevin Durant, all-time great NBA player, did good things for the Golden State Warriors. But let's not make him, let's not make him seem like that, that, uh, that Kevin Durant, you know, when I, when... In fifteen years, in fifteen twenty years down the road, we are not going to look at Kevin Durant as a Golden State Warrior. We're going to look at him as an independent player who went wherever the heck he went, and he went to Golden State in this period of his career, went to that's in this point of his career, went to X Y Z in that point of his career. We kind of do the same thing with LeBron James, but LeBron James is a little different because he's because he's an Akron guy. You know he he was drafted by the Cavaliers, spent a good part of the good portion of his career with the Cavaliers, and came back to the Cavs and got them their first championship in in over fifty sixty years. So even even this is this is uh, the Lakers is LeBron James. This is his, this is his fourth go around at at a, at a new team. Well, not a, I shouldn't say a new team. This is his fo- this is his fourth new destination. I should say in his, in his NBA career. Cleveland first, Miami second, back to, back to Cleveland, and now LA. You can make the same argument for LeBron James, but LeBron with with the with the uh, with the with the uh, Cavs, but because he is so 
but he has uh, he has he has a bond with the Cavs that Kevin Durant doesn't have with either of his teams. Not to mention LeBron James and all the teams he he played with. He wasn't there for three years. He 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 wasn't there for three years. He he wasn't he he was long, he, he he was there for for a good five four five seasons. Kevin Durant he's he's bounced around, OKC, to Golden State, to to Brooklyn, and who knows after Brooklyn where where he's going to end up. He's from D.C. Hell, he may sound to Washington Wizards next. So part of part of retiring a jersey is you gotta is you gotta have some longevity with with longevity and loyalty with the team. You know, Damian Lillard. If Damian Lillard keeps it up and puts up Hall of Fame numbers and even wins Toronto a championship, or excuse me, Portland a championship, he'll get his number retired because of the loyalty factor to that one team that's involved. You know, Kevin Durant went to the worst, win a championship. It wasn't because he loved the the uh, Golden State Warrior organization. <laughs> Let's be honest, or, or, or else he'd still be there. I mean, retiring at 35 and you play three seasons, it, it's it's a bit much. I'm sorry. You want to put him in the Ring of Honor, you know, go go right ahead. You want to name a you want to name a portion of your new stadium or your new facility after Kevin Durant. Go right ahead. Retiring is known when he played three years there. And he was more in it for the championship than than the love of the organization itself. It, it's a little much, to be quite honest with you. It's a little much. It's a little much. Come right back. I'll talk MLB uh, Home Run Derby. That's tomorrow night, and the snubs that were. And I'll, I'll go over the All Star Game all in general right after this. Welcome back to Mattel Like TIA's podcast. Uh, switching gears now. Uh, this is All Star Week, All Star Break in the 2019 Major League Baseball season. The 2019 MLB All Star Game is on Tuesday in Cleveland, Ohio, Progressive Field, and. The uh, Home Run Derby, the Team Mobile Home Run Derby is tomorrow night on ESPN. Uh, I'll get to the Home Run Derby in a minute. First, in case you didn't know, let me read you the AL, the uh, American League and National League All-Stars uh, for uh, for the game. Uh, catcher, these are the starters I'm naming. The lineup has not been made yet, just so you're aware. Uh, catcher, Gary Sanchez, the New York Yankees, first baseman, Indian represented, uh, Cleveland representative Carlos Santana, second baseman, another Yankee, and DJ LeMahieu, third baseman, Alex Bregman, the Astros, shortstop Jorge Polanco, the, the uh, Minnesota Twins, outfield consists of Mike Trout of the Angels, and two Astros, and George Springer, Michael Brantley, and designated hitter Hunter Pence of the Rangers, reserves James McCann of the White Sox, at catcher Jose Abreu of the White Sox first base, Daniel Vogelbach of the of the Manners at first base, Tony Lastella of the Angels at second base, Brandon Lowe of the Rays at second base, Glaber Day, Glaber Torres, another Yankee at second base, Matt Chapman at third base of the A's, Xander Bogart, shortstop of the Red Sox, shortstop another Indian is represented in this game of Francisco Lindor. He's at shortstop, outfield, outfield reserves of Mookie Betts, Joey Gallo, Austin Meadows, Whit Merrifield, Merrifield of the Royals, Meadows of the Rays, Gallo of the Rangers, and Mookie Betts, of course, with the Red Sox, and J.D. Martinez, the other D.H. of the uh, Boston Red Sox pitchers, Jose Barrios of the Twins, Shane Bieber of the Indians, Aroldis Chapman of the Yankees, Garrett Cole of the Astros, Lucas Giolito of the White Sox, Shane Green of the Tigers, Brad Hand of the Indians, Liam Hendricks of the A's, John Means of the Orioles, Mike Miner of the Rays, or excuse me, the Rangers, Charlie Morton of the Rays, Jake Odorizzi of the Twins, Mike, excuse me, Ryan Presley of the Astros, Marcus Stroman of the Blue Jays, Masahiro Tanaka of the Yankees, Justin Verlander of the Astros. Read you the Ameri- the National League roster, Kedger Jose Contreras of the Cubs, first baseman Freddie Freeman of the Braves, 
Second baseman, Kentel Marte of the Diamondbacks. Third baseman, Nolan Arenado Rockies. Shortstop, Javier Baez of the Cubs. Outfield consists of Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger, Ronald Acuna Jr., Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Braves. Bellinger of the Dodgers with a season, he, with a first half of the season he's had. Uh, Christian Yelich of the Brewers, he's done well as well. Of the uh, of the Brewers, he's also in outfield reserves. Yasmani Grandal and JT Ramuto of the catcher position. Grandal of the Brewers, Real Muto of the Phillies, Pete Alonzo, what a great, despite the the joke and the other circus show that has been in New York Mets, he's had a great season. He's at first base representing the Mets. Josh Bell, first baseman of the Pirates, Matt Muncy, first baseman of the Dodgers, second baseman, Mike Moustakas of the Brewers, third baseman, uh, Chris Bryant of the Cubs, Anthony Rendon, third baseman of the Nationals, shortstop Paul DeYoung of the Cardinals, and Trevor Story of the Rockies, outfield reserves consists of Charlie Blackman and David Dahl, both of the Colorado Rockies, and Jeff McNeil of the New York Mets. Uh, pitchers, Sandy Al Al Santara of the Marlins, uh, Walter, Wal, excuse me, Walker Bueller, 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 Bueller of the Dodgers, Luis Castillo of the, of the Reds, Jacob DeGrom of the Mets, who has, who hasn't pitched all that well this season, why he made it, you know, it's one of the many issues with the All-Star game, the fan voting becomes more of a popularity contest instead of you know, who instead of who deserves to be in the game based on first half stats and not popularity and fan favoritism. Uh Sonny Gray of the Reds, Zach Grinke of the Diamondbacks, Josh Hader of the Brewers, who hasn't been you know, who's been good but not not what he was last year. Clayton Kershaw of the Dodgers, along with Hunjin Ryu, his teammate Max Scherzer, who pitched a great game for the Nationals yesterday. Uh, Will Smith of the Giants, Mike Soroka of the Braves, Felipe Vasquez of the Pirates, Brennan Woodruff of the Brewers, and Kirby Yates of the Padres. Uh, uh, before I get to the Derby itself, I'm gonna get to. Uh, I could go through the snubs all day, but a person that that should that should have made the team uh, was Trey Mancini. Trey Mancini, who this season. As who's hitting uh two who's hitting two ninety who's let me get this right yep who's hitting two who's hitting two ninety one with uh, forty home runs or excuse me forty RBIs and seventeen home runs this season he should have made the team again you know it's it's kind of it's kind of difficult you know with with the snubs because it's kind it's not necessarily handpicked by a committee it's based on fan vote. And he didn't get, he didn't get enough vote, which you, I mean, I mean, the, you can make the argument that he should be in and he should be in, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's based on the fan vote. And if the fans don't vote him in, then, then technically you shouldn't go. But then again, you can also argue that the, that the setting, the all-star roster based on popularity and, and, and the fan favoritism of, of a player shouldn't, isn't entirely fair in and of itself. So the All-Star game, if you're interested, if you care, that's on Tuesday on Fox. Just register the teams uh, right then and there. 2019 MLB, uh, excuse me, 2019 T-Mobile Home Run Derby is tomorrow night. That will be seen on ESPN. Uh, let me read you the field right quick. Matt Chapman of the, of the uh, Oakland A's, he has 21 home runs this season. Going up against the eighth seed, Vladimir Guerrero. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero. He going up against him. Bregman goes up against Jacques Peterson. Bregman has 23 home runs this season. Jacques Peterson has 20. Uh, both the fourth and fifth seed, two and seven seeds. Pete Alonso, the two seed. Carlos Santana, the seventh, seventh seed. Carlos Santana, 19 home runs. Pete Alonso has 29 home runs. Josh Bell has 27 home runs. Going up against 21 home runs of. Ronald Acuna Jr., the three and six seed. I have, uh, the, if you care, you can check out my Twitter at the J underscore Shield on Twitter. I tweeted out that I predict, uh, I predict uh, Vladimir Guerrero will uh, uh, will win, will win the whole thing, win the whole thing. You know, gonna be, you know, what we done. It's a home run derby. Try to, you know, try to. The if you notice that these home run derbies, the favorites don't always the favorites do not always win. Bryce Harper wasn't the favorite last year, but he won in D.C. 
uh, Bryce Harper did not make the All Star game. It's with I thought they had a rule where if you weren't where if if you were the defending champion from last year, you could and you weren't an All Star in the next year's All Star game, you could still participate in the Home Run Derby. I don't know what it is, but Harper apparently is not going to be competing in this year's uh competition as the defending as the uh the as the defending champ. Uh before we go, touch on a few teams uh teams I picked that are in a you know that are looking good heading into the All-Star break as of July the 7th and teams that kind of have to they kind of have that have to pick it up among other things. Uh let's let's uh let's go let's go division by division. In the American League East, with uh, the teams that have to pick it up, and then we'll go to teams that have, that have done good. Teams that have to pick it up, of course, is the Boston Red Sox. Now they've won three straight. They've won six out of the last ten games, but they're only but they're seven games above five hundred and almost nine and an almost and almost ten games behind the first place New York Yankees. This is a team that has that has started to get on a winning track, but. But has had it, but it had, but has struggled and has had issues all season. Got swept by the Yankees out in London last weekend. Really has had a hard time getting the, getting their feet underneath themselves. Sale hasn't been what he was last year. You know, hitting hasn't come around. I think they missed Dustin Pedroia, who hasn't been the same since he got his legs taken out under him by Manny Machado in 2017. If you remember that correctly, he hasn't been the same. He's hardly played at all this season. Uh, the bullpen, the bullpen has has been has been a little erratic. I gotta see the Red Sox step it up. Uh, I gotta see the Red Sox step step up in the second in the second half and and surprise and surprise me here because they have done absolutely nothing in this first half of the season after looking like world beaters and winning the championship last year. They have really sputtered and ham and egged their way to forty eight and forty one here at the halfway point of the season. Uh, the good. Rays and the and the Yankees. Rays, who had one of the best records in baseball in the first in the first month of the season, took everybody by surprise, considering the fact that that they went nine that they went ninety and and seventy two last season, didn't make the playoffs because had like five teams in the American League win a hundred games, but surprised everybody with one of the best records in baseball in the first month and a half of the season and they've and they've stayed consistent they're sitting at 52 and 39 six and a half games behind the first place New York Yankees they've they've won two straight against the New York Yankees they've won two straight against the Yankees they're playing the Yankees this weekend uh so yeah they've played well this season uh hitting you know they they have an unconventional they have an unconventional lineup. That team, even when that team has never been known for its offense, it's been known as a starting pitching type of ball club. Starting pitching has shown up. Bullpen has shut the Yankees down when when necessary. Tampa Bay has done a good job in the first half of the 2019 season. So have the New York Yankees, even though even though their bullpen with Stan with uh, excuse me, not Stanton, Chapman and uh, Britton could use could uh, need a little work. And a starting rotation will also need help too, because you because it's going to be pretty hard to win a World Series when you have Jay Happ and uh, and an ancient CC Sabathia on, on on the mound for you. This is going to be difficult, but they've but they've done well nonetheless. They're fifty seven and thirty one in first place. They're, they've won seven out of the last ten games. So again, they've lost back to back games to the uh, to the uh, to the Rays down in Tropicana Field. That they've overall they've done a good job this season. The offense and Gary Sanchez he has done phenomenally well with the bat, as well as Glaber Torres. He's done he's done good this he's done well this season too. He's on the All Star team for a reason. So is DJ LeMay. The Yankees has an, as a team has done a great job of picking up the slack from guys of Didi who's missed most of who's missed most of the first he's just not you know he's just, he's just started to play this this last month of the first half of the season they've done what he LeMay who's done a good job picking up the slack from Didi Gregorius and Gary Sanchez and everybody it's been a collective team effort which is why the Yankees are are in first place by six by six and a half games they it's been a collective team effort picking up the slack from Stanton and Judge, who's missed a good amount of time uh, this season, Stanton won't be out until will be out towards the end of the month, heading come back into August. If he just got off the DL about a few weeks ago, 
with uh, I think it was a bicep or, or a tricep issue, and all of a sudden he's back on DL this time with a knee issue. A judge is off the DL. He's doing judging things, smacking home runs left and right. Good job by the New York Yankees. Out the Central, a team that I have that I got to see pick it up has been the Cleveland Indians. They have been a pretty underwhelming, disappointing team in the first half. They're six and a half game. They've won five in a row. They are six and a half back of the of the uh, Minnesota Twins in the division. Th- this is really like their last second, last chance, last minute of glory here before guys have to get paid and they're gonna have to let guys go of free agency and everything else. So this is the, and I picked them to go to World Series and win. So they they got us and 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 even though I I'll take it any day of the week. But if but if if I'm strictly rooting for my World Series pick, or if I'm an Indians fan, winning, getting shut out by the Orioles, thirteen to thirteen to, getting shut out by the Orioles back to back games, thirteen nothing is not the way you win ball games. It is not how you prepare yourself to make a deep run in October. It's and it's not how and that does you no favors when you're trying to catch the Minnesota Twins. Does you no favors when you when you get outscored twenty twenty six to two in in the series against a Triple A uh, roster and the Baltimore Orioles, a team uh, team with a bunch of minor leaguers on it, that and and, and a horse crap uh, pitching staff and a, and a beleaguered bullpen that does you no favors from a Cleveland Indians standpoint. Meanwhile, the Twins, who have been that team flying below the re- the radar, doesn't get a lot of media credit because they're not the Yankees or. They're not Houston. They're not the Red Sox. They've flown below the radar, not gotten a whole lot of attention, and it's kind of done them well. They've won two straight. They're in first place by six and a half games at 56 and 32. Good job out of the Minnesota Twins in the, in the first half of the 2019 season. In the wet, in the West, I do Houston. I'll do Houston, and I'll move on to National League. Houston, they've they've they struggled a little bit of the way of the season. Uh, they've they've struggled a good little bit away this season, uh. But Houston, they've done well again. They're in first place by seven and a half games in the easy cakewalk division, fifty six and fifty three. Good job to Houston. You go over to the National League. You got we. Well, I I'd be here till tomorrow doing the Mets. Uh, let's we'll not even ignore them. Uh, I'll do it. I'll do Atlanta. I'll do Atlanta, and then I'll do Philadelphia, and I'll leave the Mets and the Nationals out of it. Atlanta, good job out of them. You know they picked up Dallas Keuchel off the streets. He's, you know, he got to get the kinks out of him. Uh, but they've done well, 50, 53 and thirty-seven, five and a half games up on the on the Nationals, who've won two straight. They're sitting at forty-seven and forty-two, when everyone thought they were dead as a doornail in uh, in April and May, have come alive here in the here in late June, early July so far. So good job out of both of those teams. While Philadelphia can't get out of their own way. I tell you, Gabe Kapler, if he could if he could manage a bullpen and if he could manage games the way he the way he excels and knows how to and knows how to do uh, naked pull ups in the weight room, he he he'd be he'd be doing something. This team, even though they're three games above five hundred, they're six and a half out that I got to see more out of Washington. You got Harper, you got Reese Hoskins, you got Gene Sakura, and you got Jake Arrieta, your ace, your ace in a rotation. Show me something, please. Okay. And, and it's not like that the Atlanta Braves are or the or the or the uh or the 92-93 team either. Okay? I, I need to see something out the Philadelphia Phillies. And the Central, we go with the Cubs. We go with the Cubs and then we go with uh and then we go with uh St. Louis. Cubs, they've done a good job. The Cubs do what the Cubs do. I mean, they have their little struggles early in the season, but Matt, but Joe Madden, he's a good manager, and and he's got a championship, and he's been, you know, he's been to a few worse. He's a good, he's a good manager, good manager to have, and he's helped turn and he's helped turn the Cubs around after their uh, April and May woes to having a half a game lead over the over the Milwaukee uh, Brewers. I mean, think about it. the team that's in last place in this division is four and a half games out, and it's the Cincinnati Reds who are forty-one forty-five. While the Cubs, who are in first place, are five games above five hundred and only half a game up. That entire division. Watch the Pittsburgh Pirates come out of nowhere and win that, and Ham and Egg and win that division because the Cubs and and the Brewers choke and fall on their faces. You just wait. But a good job out the Cubs in the first beat beat the living crap out of out of the Pirates on Fourth of July. Good job by the uh, Chicago Cubs. 
Uh, and lastly, we'll go and and uh, and and I, I'll do the Dodgers. It's really not a team that's been really disappointing. It's a, Dodgers have a has a fifth has a four, 14 and a half, 15 game lead on top of it's the Dodgers and it's everybody else. Okay, second place team is the Arizona Diamondbacks at 44 and 45 and 45. Even though they've won two straight and the Dodgers have lost two straight. Dodgers thing is I don't care about regular season. Okay, re- re- again regular season. We all know that the Dodgers are a great regular season team. What I want to see from them is get back to the World Series. It's, it's almost as if that, 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 the, that the Dodgers season doesn't begin until game one of the World Series, and, and, they're not, and, and, it's not, and, and they still have to play to get to the World Series. But their season, their 2019 season in the big picture, doesn't begin until, until, they, uh, until they play game one of the 2019 World Series. I mean, and it's harsh, but it's true. Losing back-to-back World Series to the Astros and and the Red Sox, the if they make the World Series this year, the pressure is on them to win the whole thing, or else you'll hear them as the as you'll else you'll hear them as new Atlanta Braves. And Atlanta Braves, of course, won like twenty straight uh, division titles and only managed to win one World Series. So, and I'd like to call them the Buffalo Bills of Major League Baseball losing three straight World Series. And there's nothing more that me and everybody else on the internet and social media and everywhere else would love to do more than to make fun of the Dodgers for losing three straight World Series and getting absolutely pummeled by the New York by the New York Yankees. And oh, by the way, have the Yankees celebrate on their field for the third straight year. They've Dodgers have lost back-to-back World Series, and both times that they've lost, they've seen their opponents celebrate on celebrating Chavez Ravine on on their field. So keep, with them making a final, with them making the final out, keep that in mind. Okay, that's that with with, uh, with that's that with Major League Baseball. I want to thank you for listening to the, to this uh, another episode of the like a TIS podcast. If you like, if you're new to the show, like what you heard, subscribe and share with your friends, families, coworkers, whomever, compatriots who love like to listen to sports talk from a different uh, perspective and in a different style. Uh, and I'll talk to you guys next next uh, next week. Enjoy the MLB All Star Game. Enjoy the Home Run Derby. Hope you enjoyed free agency. God bless. Take care. Enjoy the. Uh, have a good week, and talk to you later. Peace.